comfortable table. Yeah, it's very comfortable. Good morning, everyone. So, Joe, Hello. Are how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Pretty good. So, last time we met was at South by, and if I yeah. remember correctly, the Ether and Bitcoin and all the cryptocurrencies were really um, at a high peak. Since then, the market has lost billions and billions. And can you explain to us what is going on, actually? Um, well, the price went down. The price went down? <laughs> why, why did it go down? Uh, so why does it go up uh, is actually the, uh, the question. Uh, I think the market goes up because uh, uh, the technology is really quite profound and people understand that uh, uh, we'll be able to build things with it um, as it matures. Um, that will radically transform society uh, for the positive. Uh, and so um, human beings uh, tend to uh, jump into situations like that, like um, in the dot-com era uh, in the late 90s, um, because they want to be part of it, because they think it's going to be societally transformative, and because they want to make money. Uh, and uh, in this particular case, um, actually many times uh, since the advent of Bitcoin in 2009, five or six times, uh, we've seen uh, remarkable surges of excitement, irrational exuberance, um, and those things, those uh, moments tend to overshoot um, what the actual fair price might be for these tokens. Um, and, you know, essentially, because the, the technology is so immature, uh, a lot of the value in the ecosystem is speculative value, and so um, people drive up price, uh, and then because a lot of it's speculative value, uh, there isn't that much fundamental need uh, for certain tokens. There's probably less fundamental need for Bitcoin uh, than for Ether, because you need Ether to to mm. run applications on the platform. But what you're um, saying but, is that we will see again a peak like we saw in January? Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see peaks uh, and we'll see corrections. Uh, we've seen so far each peak and each correction is much, much bigger than the one previously. So if you look back on the chart to the previous one, it looks like a, a tiny little pimple sure. on the chart. Um, and uh, we definitely had a very serious correction, uh, which makes a lot of sense because uh, um, it's very early days and uh, um, the platforms are used for some interesting things, but they're not uh, fundamentally systemically important to our society right now. And, and so uh, we're going to see it go mm. up. So, up but and down and if, if cryptocurrencies up. is not the thing, so what would be really a game changer for our society on a platform like So I didn't like say that. I, I do think uh, cryptocurrencies are going to be um, interesting and important uh, for our society going forward. But uh, uh, cryptocurrencies are just a very narrow slice of what blockchain can do. Um, and they're also a very narrow slice of the space of, of crypto tokens or crypto assets. Uh, so Bitcoin uh, is a cryptocurrency. It was the first. Um, there are a few other cryptocurrencies where, where their use case is just payments uh, or store of value or, or something like that. Um, and we're seeing some cryptocurrencies that are tracking the price of the US dollar now, so Paxos and uh, the Gemini coin and uh, Maker Dai. So there are lots of really good systems coming along. These are fundamental components that we're going to need to build infrastructure. Um, but it, that's just the payment function. Um, there are, there's a crypto fuel called Ether, which powers applications on the Ethereum platform. It's one crypto commodity. 
Um, there are other crypto commodities uh, to pay for decentralized storage, to pay for decentralized bandwidth, to pay for decentralized compute. Uh, Golem, iExec, uh, Sonom are three platforms that are live on Ethereum right now, and you have to pay their token in order to, to run those machines, basically. Uh, so uh, cryptocurrencies will um, take their very narrow slice of, uh, of the coming crypto asset revolution. And one of the big promises of the blockchain is that it is going to upend the internet as we know it now, or it's going to fix it. So, um, for example, if we think of, of Facebook, which is a big platform, if I would start Facebook from scratch on the blockchain, what would be different for, for us, for the users, and why would that be better? Yeah, so the thesis, or one thesis, is that uh, the internet is somewhat broken right now. Um, um, it... Uh, Uh, has taken the internet and the web technologies have taken us very far uh, in terms of transforming society over the last couple decades, roughly. Um, but um, the technology is missing uh, natively digital assets or digitally scarce assets, um, and it's missing an identity construct. Uh, and so that's most important. Um, Because we're missing uh, a healthy identity construct on the web, uh, different companies have defined identity um, to serve their business models. Uh, so I'm comfortable spraying aspects of my identity, or I used to be comfortable spraying aspects of my identity throughout the internet so that I could access different free services. Um, and that information gets stored and monetized and sometimes not adequately secured uh, by different corporations. And so um, the foundation of the internet and the web um, is insufficient uh, to enable these kinds of companies to, um, to operate business models that are not exploitative, um, not ethical at, at this point. And so uh, we're moving into a world where um, corporations are understanding us so well uh, that they can um, source information on us uh, to increase the value um, of our information and the value of our attention, where, where we're the product on their platform. Uh, they understand us so well uh, that they can addict us to these platforms and, uh, and you know, sell us for a high price and sell us uh, for many hours a day or, or more than they normally. From, from a user's perspective, what would be different if Facebook was so, redesigned on the black um, So identity would be different. Um, We, uh, so, so there's a, an organization called the Decentralized Identity Foundation. There's a, a specification called DID, Decentralized mm -hmm. ID. Um, our uh, Uport project is implementing um, an outstanding version of that. It's the only one on Ethereum, but uh, there are other entities like uh, Microsoft, IBM, uh, Blockstack, a handful of others that uh, came together to form this spec. Uh, and it's a way for us to... Um, create the root of our identity on a public blockchain, something that we fully control from our side of the browser. Uh, and then Uport and others are putting together personal data lockers uh, associated with the root of our identity so that we can encrypt our personal information uh, and when we wish to, selectively disclose it in situations that we designate. So if we want to monetize our information, we'll be able to do that, be able to do that in, in data markets or attention markets. If we want to uh, de-identify that information and share it in a, a research study, we'll be able to do that. So uh, I'm not saying the Facebooks and Googles of the world won't be able to continue to pursue their business model. Um, 
but they'll be doing it probably with lower quality data, the stuff that I'm willing to spray across the internet in order to access their services, but higher quality information, uh, health information, financial information, I'm gonna stay in control of that. And if I want to uh, interact with somebody to give them more meta information on who I am uh, for their purposes, if I want to um, share that information uh, with a research study, I can put that uh, on a data market mm. and make it accessible um, to a study or to Google and Facebook if they if they want to pay me for it. And so in the end, it's me who decides when I want to expose yeah, this so data. Yes, so agency is, is the idea, okay. uh, absolutely. So if agency is the idea, what is the blockchain? Is it a business or is it a belief? Uh, is, is the blockchain a business? Um, so one can build businesses on the blockchain and uh, uh, essentially uh, the, the corporation construct uh, is something that I can put money into um, and it can use that money to figure out how to provide value to its customers uh, and in exchange for putting money into that thing I can expect a return on my investment uh, generated by these people in the company. Um, about three months ago, uh, Bill Hinman, director of corporate finance at the SEC, um, said in a speech where he declared Ether decentralized, um, he said that uh, the SEC understands that there is this new kind of construct, essentially a, a networked business model uh, that's not a corporation, um, that doesn't require investment in the tr traditional sense. Uh, people can buy a token representing uh, consumer utility value, uh, mm -hmm. sort of a business logic for operating this network business model or uh, a protocol-based open platform. Um, and if people uh, construct that token, uh, if it's constructed in, in an appropriate way, so that there aren't dividends and things like that, that, uh, that doesn't make it look like a security or an investor token. Um, and if it's marketed properly, so it's not marketed in huge quantities uh, to speculator types, uh, if it's marketed to people who pledge to use it or are forced to use it in some way before even being able to trade it, uh, then they would consider that a consumer utility token, mm. not a security, and, and that uh, would be sort of the, the business logic glue that, that uh, creates this, with, this new construct. Okay, so with consensus, you are advising companies, right, and also governments, um, which is the most sought-after token or application that entities are now looking for? Because it seems a bit like... Um, except of cryptocurrencies, there hasn't been like this killer application on the blockchain that everyone would like to use. Yeah, so consensus are about three and three quarters years old, and we do lots of different things. Um, so we do advise companies, and we build software for companies and consortia and banks and central banks and um, governments. Um, we also build lots of product for the Ethereum ecosystem and lots of those network business models. Uh, we do education, we do capital markets activities also. Um, so on the consulting side, uh, there are many different projects that are um, uh, being built out. I, I, I sort of see the blockchain space as two-pronged right now. It's um, working with existing organizations, governments or, or corporations or consortia, um, to enable them to work better, more efficiently, share information, uh, can, work can collaboratively. You, can you tell us an, a concrete example? What kind of an uh, so, that could be? Um, Comgo, uh, a trade finance platform for the commodities space. So, so we're working with a bunch of big companies, um, um, 
trade finance, commodity trade finance banks and commodity houses uh, to enable uh, more efficient KYC and more efficient uh, post-trade finance processing. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, it's a whole supply chain um, and it sort of eliminates all the paperwork. It make, eliminates a lot of the friction. And, uh, and after cryptocurrencies, what would you think or what could be this killer app that really helps the blockchain to yeah, transform so, to mass market? Yeah, to finish answering your question, um, we, there, there are thousands of projects around the world that are building the foundations of Web 3.0, the sort of next iteration uh, beyond Web 2. Uh, and Web 3.0 uh, will involve things like um, fungible tokens. And so you can have cryptocurrencies or different kinds of crypto commodities, crypto bonds, etc. There, there are a few banks, uh, Daimler-Benz and others have already put bonds on the blockchain, on Ethereum. Um, uh, so there's fungible token or non-fungible tokens. You're, you've heard of crypto kitties. There are a whole sure. bunch of collector um, crypto um, tokens coming out. Uh, Major League Baseball is doing that right now. So that's a, an interesting, popular uh, application in, in the U.S. Um, so there are atomic swap systems, decentralized exchanges, um, just the, the fundamental infrastructure, naming services. Um, dynamic workforce uh, creation. So there's a project called Bounties.network and, and Gitcoin that does the same thing for open source. So it's a mechanism uh, for putting bounties on Ethereum and enabling people to come along and sort of demonstrate that they've done the work, prove uh, that they deserve the bounty and, mm. and get paid out. Uh, uh, so that'll happen automatically um, soon. Um, Ujo Music is a platform where uh, I think it's around 800 artists right now. It's still in beta, but uh, artists are able to uh, establish their presence on the platform in a creator's portal. Uh, mm. And it's mostly focused on artists right now. We ha haven't focused too much on the consumer yet, but it's, it's still fairly easy to use. Uh, and artists can establish um, their identity and upload content and get paid directly for that content. So but, but one, of, one of the beauties of blockchain is that you can have content creators and resource providers and service providers access their consumer directly without uh, a big set of mm. music companies in the middle or, or a, a big uh, intermediaries in the financial space or ride-sharing space sucking up most of the value. It sounds very logical, but it seems like the technology is not there yet. The technology is very much there yet for these early phases of the evolution. It's yeah, so lots of people are using it, but uh, um, you know, just like with the, the web, um, all of society didn't pile into it instantly. It needed to deal with scalability issues and privacy issues and uh, a whole bunch before, uh, before my mother even was able to get on and use email. And that was just the early days. Uh, so, so where would you so say on, on a scale, where are we right now with the blockchain? Near the start. Near the start? Yes, okay. exactly. <laughs> That's very reassuring because I tried, to, I, I'm a journalist, right? So yeah, I tried so, you know, yeah. to buy some um, civil tokens. Yeah. Civil is this new journalism platform. Yeah. And um, so, I, I gave up because it's so complicated. You get to create like uh, three, four, five different accounts. Yeah. You need your passport. You need your driver's license. You need dollars. You need um, ethers. Yeah. You need um, whatever. So I stopped. 
We're, um, we're working through all those issues. So the, the issue there is that we're trying, we're working with regulators around the world. We're trying to be extremely rigorous uh, in how we sell these tokens so that they're considered consumer utility tokens and not securities. And so uh, we're going, I think, way overboard. Uh, I think we'll relax over time and make it easier to buy a consumer utility token. So as a journalist, um, why were you attracted to Civil? Because we think it's one of the most important projects out there. Um, because, of course, I'm interested in experimenting with new ways to build trust and also to make journalism more sustainable. Yeah. Um, so maybe I didn't really get to the point where I could understand the business model for journalism. Maybe you can explain it. Sure. Us. Yeah. So it's a civil is a platform for sustainable and ethical journalism. Sustainable in the sense that uh, uh, the journalism industry's been decimated over the last couple of decades with consolidation with private equity firms and hedge funds. Uh, buying up all the properties and gutting them and, and turning them into um, these channels for roughly the same information, um, none of which is local uh, information that, that people need in order to understand uh, their social context, and a lot of it's obviously not real news. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so um, building sustainable business models is important, but uh, um, ethics is perhaps even more important. Uh, and so. Uh, there's a constitution uh, for the and a foundation with sort of layers of, of um, academics and uh, journalism professionals uh, that can serve as uh, an appeals committee. Um, but you, uh, as a pro professional journalist, and I think there are about 30 uh, newsrooms on the platform right now, um, as a professional journalist, you can get together and you can... Uh, stake your newsroom on the platform, so you put a security bond uh, up on the platform so that you can get on this list of ethical newsrooms. Uh, and if you're seen to be operating unethically, then somebody can come along and post another stake and, and challenge uh, your behavior. Mm -hmm. And um, they're, It's a pretty well thought out system. They're uh, appeal mechanisms. Um, so it's a technology called a token curated registry. It's designed to enable people who are holding the token to curate a high quality list that uh, that uh, newsrooms want to get on and consumers want to uh, check out. Uh, and so that platform will have a whole bunch of other services that involve that token, but that's that's the first uh, business first model for the platform. And and all these different platforms uh, can have their own business models. So there's uh, um, Ethereum is a place where lots of standards are, are getting built for different kinds of tokens and atomic swap mechanisms. There, there's one for subscriptions um, that uh, we and others have done a lot of work on. And so um, we're going to be building uh, a platform, software platform, based on uh, um, a very popular um, piece of software that uh, enables uh, uh, lots of different pieces of Ethereum uh, to be in it, and uh, um, so that will include elements that enable you to which, which, work, work which well. Which popular on, so. piece of software? Sorry? Which popular piece of software is yes, that? Uh, yes, a popular piece of software. Okay. I, <laughs> I can't talk about it right now. Sorry. All right. Um, listening to you and listening to a lot of people who are in this blockchain sphere, sometimes to me it seems like it's, of course, it is a business, but it's only about to take off. But at the same time, it seems to be a belief, right, in, in a new system that is going sure. um, to help us. Tell us a little bit more about that. How did you um, jump into this business? You used to work as a uh, music manager in Jamaica, right? So what really made you um, start doing something with the blockchain? Um, so it, it's definitely... Um a 
philosophical movement. I hate to call it a movement. I, I think of it more of a, uh, more as a phenomenon uh, that when you wrap a planet in layers and layers of in instantaneous uh, communication mechanisms and you develop a technology that enables um, different actors with different agendas to come into sync, to come to a decision in Bitcoin every 10 minutes, in Ethereum every 15 seconds and soon five seconds, um, even if half of the actors on that platform are malicious, uh, you have a mechanism, a, a, a different organizing principle for society. And so uh, I think it is a movement in the sense that lots of people are excited about this and pushing this forward, but I think it's hopefully a, a natural evolution in how um, societies can organize themselves. Uh, I think it's a, a better way than the more rigid top-down command and control hierarchies that, uh, that we're used to. And those are good when communication is slow and expensive and decision-making is difficult. Um, so uh, we have seen just enormous excitement. Uh, you, can, you can set up a, a Python uh, or an AI meetup and you get a smattering of people. Uh, if you do a blockchain meetup, um, you get five or sometimes ten times more people because uh, it does represent uh, potentially positive transformation mm. of society. And I think uh, lots of people feel like uh, we could use a change uh, in how politics are, are running. Um, that is definitely the case. And sure. all this enthusiasm, it also reminds me of the beginning of the internet when everyone was saying this is going to help sure. spur a democracy, um, unheard voices will get a stage, but then in the yeah. end it turned out completely different. So Yeah, so there, there's always a back and forth. There's always um, an attempt to make things fairer, an attempt to catch, capture value in, in the new regime. Uh, I think this one, uh, I won't say this one's going to be different, but I think this one has tools to make it um, more likely um, that it will have staying power. Uh, so the internet and that whole era uh, developed technologies that enabled uh, people to, uh, who are in control of those technologies to pile wealth on higher than ever before. Um, so they were centralizing technologies. They, they made use of uh, traditional financial markets. Um, this um, this technology, I believe, will enable more people to have more agency, more uh, direct financial participation, uh, less power mm. uh, for intermediaries to uh, perform rent-seeking behavior. So these network business models, uh, I think of them as uh, global topical villages. You can stand up one of these things um, to support your favorite band, uh, or you can stand up one of those things to um, to do research in a in a disease that you're impacted mm. by. Um, so these mechanisms involve you interacting directly with your ID, reputation systems, uh, token systems, so you can. Uh, gather people from around the world using these communication networks. You can um, define a set of goals. You can raise funds uh, to achieve those goals. And you can use decentralized governance mechanisms to, um, to take mm. you uh, on, on your way and, and achieve those goals. Mm -hmm. uh, so with that sort of construct, it's less about profit making and more about active participation, direct agency, uh, I think we'll be able to accomplish more of the things that we want to do collectively uh, without relying on governments, 
um, or corporations to take care of those things for us? Taking it on a philosophical um, level, maybe, or a law level, um, the Harvard professor uh, Lessing, he said that um, code is law, right? So, and one key element in, in, um, in the blockchain are the smart contracts, and the smart contracts, or in the old days, in the analog um, days, when someone wrote a law, there was lots of room for interpretation. That's why you go to court and you pay your lawyer because you are hoping that he will get the interpretation that's in your favor. But with um, encoded law, like in a smart contract, everything is set. So if you do this and that, then this and this will um, happen. You will get your money or the contract will be validated. And some people are even arguing that this will, in, in a way, limit human behavior. If one day, let's say, the blockchain is going to be the big platform and the t technology of the future, everything we do will be encoded in these smart contracts. So, in fact, we will be more like um, less free than we are today. Ooh, that's scary. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> um, so, do you believe that humans in society will allow that to happen? Humans in society allowed um, Facebook and manipulations happen. But there's and, a big um, backlash against that right now. It is a backlash, but we still don't know where it's going to take us. Mm -hmm. True. Um, so uh, blockchain is a technology. It was created by people. Um, it uh, will be implemented by people in societies. Um, and it's going to be a, a long discussion, uh, years or decades, and I think we're going to build layers that we think are good, and we'll build other layers on top of that. Uh, we have a technology, so, so I, I do believe uh, not that strictly that code is law, uh, but that code can help um, with agreements and laws and treaties, so uh, we're coming from a space where we have uh, essentially top-down command and control um, hierarchical systems and uh, somebody at the top with some minions make the rules for society. Maybe it's a monarch, maybe it's an elected official. Sometimes they look very similar. Um, sometimes those rules that run society are well implemented. Sometimes they're not well implemented. Sometimes there is no rule of law. Uh, sometimes it, it's very capricious. And so we, this, with this technology, we have the, the opportunity to move from subjective trust um, to automated trust and guaranteed execution of certain things. So it can be certain laws. Uh, in the case of securities laws, you can build regulation and compliance into smart contract. Uh, with respect to contractual agreements, uh, you can use blockchain technology to guarantee that the terms are executed. Um, treaties between countries could potentially be uh, done in this technology. Treaties are often difficult to enforce. Uh, sometimes you have to go to war, have to. Um, but if you uh, put security bonds in these smart contracts, there could be uh, um, less interest in breaking treaties and, and uh, immediate punishment. Um, we have a technology called Open Law, uh, which is essentially a platform for blockchain-based legally enforceable agreements, uh, and we're starting to use it in our company, and other companies like Rocket Lawyer uh, are starting to use it, and our, our music platform is starting to use it. Uh, and it essentially enables you to uh, upload a contract, it can be pros, um, it can have clauses that are programmatic so mm -hmm. that you can escrow money into this living agreement, you can send data into it, uh, the programmatic aspect can execute when certain conditions are met. So uh, these kinds of technologies, and, and you, can, you can either make it fully transparent by putting it all on the blockchain or you can create a digital digest and sign that and keep it secret, but it, it's still enforceable. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so these kinds of technologies will enable us to um, interact with one another with much greater trust, uh, execution of the agreements, even if we don't know each other, uh, even if we compete with one another or don't trust each other for other reasons. So you just said that we are at the starting point. What do you think, how many years will it take until we are there, until the blockchain is going to be the mass technology that will replace the internet as we know it? Uh, I don't know the future. You don't know the future? I don't, sorry. That's a very good um, closing remark, I think. Um, thank you very much, Joe. Thank you. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening.